begun. What? It has begun. It has begun. Oh, God, why does it feel like it's been five and a half years since we've done this? I know, it's weird. Like, <clears throat> we did an episode a little more than a week ago, but yeah, it does feel a while. Yeah. Also, the past week or two has felt like super long, just in general. Like, there's been stuff where, like, I look back on something, I'm like, that felt like a month or two ago. It was yeah, it, it feels really weird. I mean, this is, um, I think this is our first regular episode for the year, right? The first one we're recording? Yeah, well, oh, yeah, 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 you're not talking about discussion stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, but I mean, like, also, like, recording for a podcast the... episode, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah, first yeah. one we did for the year altogether was a stream. Live stream, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I don't know, it feels, it feels weird, dude. It, it just feels like it's been a long time for some reason. Like, longer than it actually has been since we and last everything... talked. And everything is thrown off this episode, because I, I didn't take a poop before the episode. So, oh, it's it's going to be one of the things where the watcher instantly looks over. He's like, wait a second. This isn't right. This has to be. <laughs> and then he just makes me like poop myself mid episode. And he's like, ah, oh, much better. The, the, the multiverse would have been destroyed if that hadn't happened. Yeah. Yeah. The only reason he interferes this once is because uh, the multiverse is at stake. If you don't go poop. Yeah, <laughs> if, he, if he doesn't secretly slip laxatives into whatever it is you're drinking, yeah, he he was he was the cashier at Taco Bell that. <laughs> if Brandon doesn't poop right now, oh. then Ultron will take over the world. <laughs> If Brandon doesn't poop right now, then that will somehow result in Arnim Zola. That's yeah, just this crazy <laughs> invading, invading the earth with effect. all of his soldiers from Dimension Z. Yeah, <laughs> it's this crazy butterfly effect. If Brandon doesn't <laughs> drop a quadruple dookie right now, a nihilist will rise. <laughs> <clears throat> I had a weird dream last night. Um, not to like, th- th- I've never had a dream about this character before. It was the first dream I ever had of the Gallows Man. <laughs> um, very weird. Look, I hear having dreams about fictional characters, and I think, all right, this is probably sexual in nature because I've had those. But yeah, no, no, no. It, it wasn't a sexual dream with the gals. <laughs> let me, let me right. make that clear. Uh, no, it was, it was just weird that like, because I've never thought about having a dream of the gals man or anything like that. But like, uh, I guess it makes sense because yesterday I was doing a bunch of work dealing with the gals man because the past month I haven't really been able to do much. Uh, but yeah, yeah, we're working on issue three now. But anyway. Oh, dang, cool. <clears throat> Yeah, but uh, so the dream was basically I was the gallows man, or at least I was dressed up as the gallows man, touring schools, like going to elementary classrooms and stuff. And like how how sometimes you'll see like a, a Superman or a Batman at a school 
yeah. like uh <clears throat> and just saying like hey kids like uh do you like the scholastic book fair let's go to the scholastic book fair or whatever that sort of thing but it was like i was the i was dressed up as the gallows man doing that and like when i woke up it, it was weird having that dream but i like started laughing because i was imagining like the gallows <laughs> man like the guy who like hangs people and just going to elementary schools and being like yes eat your veggies yes nice toddler or, or a pre-k kid let's go to the library read some books this is the weirdest thing ever like i i don't know i don't know i haven't had that weird of a dream in a while huh yeah, I've um, I've based story ideas on nightmares that I've had, but I've never had dreams about my own uh, work that I came up with in my waking life. I haven't either. I'm glad I haven't. I don't want to have it again because, like, it, me thinking about it, it's like, am I, like, deep down narcissistic? Which we're all a little bit. I was like, no. I, I think I think it's good. more just it's something that's been on your mind for a while, and you've been hard at work at it for such a long time that it just kind of burrowed its way in there. Yeah. Yeah. Let me. What kind of dream do I want to have of something I've created? I don't know. I've never had like any like super hot characters in in, in any of my stories, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> to me, having like dreams of like a romantic or a sexual nature about my own characters would feel weird because it's like that's my creation right that's like my kid yeah 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 like it's for, for me it's like it, it it's it's way less weird to have <laughs> dreams about like kana from fairy tale than it is to have dreams about my own characters yeah yeah because i was how it was maybe like a year ago i was talking to someone who like was making comics as well and I kind of had mentioned, like, I don't have a kid. So it's not entirely at this level, but like your comic or your script, definitely scripts. Anytime I finish a script, it definitely feels like this. It feels like your baby, kind of. Yeah. It feels like that, that little part of you and you want to take care of it. Now, when I have a kid, I know it's going to be completely different. I even know now that like that surpasses that script feeling, but like. Yeah. It does feel very, it feels in that line. Yeah, because it's your creation and it's something you worked hard on to, yeah. to put together and to nurture into existence. Yeah. But with all that out of the way, um, welcome to Store Brand Comics, everybody. Uh, I'm your host, the almighty necromancer, Lobster Guantanamus. Uh, and this is my co-host, Britt Schmiggles. Britt, how you feeling today? Uh, Tommy could be feeling better, but all good. All righty. Uh, now, in, in reality, we're Tio and Brandon. Uh, <laughs> in, in, in reality, Brandon's stomach doesn't hurt yet. Watcher hasn't. He failed with the laxative. <laughs> you spilled the last one with the laxatives in it. <laughs> before you can take a sip yeah or it's like uh again i've only seen like 10 episodes of hunter hunter there's one character <clears throat> who like he gives this kid like juice that's like filled with a ton of laxatives and the kid drinks it. he's like mm, this is really good can i have more and the guy's like Wait, what 
and he just gives him more and kids just down in it drinking he's like this is really good and then he reveals to the guy he's like oh i know you put laxatives in it it's just i've been building up a tolerance to like all poisons and toxins and stuff since i was a kid so this has no effect on me you just I gave me I really that's food. when they're running through the tunnel right yeah yeah yeah, that's that's pretty early on. Like I've seen the first few episodes of Hunter Hunter myself. I need to get back into it. Yeah, um, but yeah, I I remember that. Yeah, but but that's me. The watcher thought it would get me, but I've built up the tolerance to laxatives. Here, have a drink. Oh, thanks. It's funny. I've been um. I've been using the Marvel Unlimited app to read a ton of like '90s X Men stuff. Yeah. Um, just trying to like get to the point where I can also start incorporating like Avengers things into my reading cycle as well. But um, right. f- as far as like you know my late '90s comic book reading, De- the original Deadpool series has been incorporated into that, or the original ongoing Deadpool series. He had a couple of mini series before his first ongoing, but oh. um, but like his first ongoing series where he was the main character and there was no definite end point in sight um and in issue number 11 which carries on from issue number 10 okay so issue number 10 um deadpool and his hostage blind al uh the old blind lady um were at like uh like an aquarium park like a like a sea world type place yeah, yeah. Um, and the Great Great Lakes Avengers, who had rebranded themselves as the Lightning Rods at the time, were also there. Um, because this is like taking place in the wake of um, the Onslaught saga. So the Avengers and the Fantastic Four are all missing. Oh, okay. I got this you. is, you know, when Heroes Reborn was taking place at the same time. Yeah. Um, so the Great Lakes Avengers rather than staying the Great Lakes Avengers and staying near the Great Lakes, they decided they wanted to move to the West Coast, change their name to the Lightning Rods, and become basically the West Coast version of the Thunderbolts. Um, (laughs) uh, Because the Thunderbolts were the team that rose up in the absence of the Avengers. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, they called themselves the Lightning Rods, and while they were there, they got into a fight with Deadpool, obviously. So Deadpool and Al were getting ready to teleport out. But Doorman, who thought that Deadpool was kidnapping Al, which technically isn't wrong, um, but she was going with him willingly anyway, because she's mm-hmm. used to it at this point. Um, Doorman, whose power is to teleport to the next room, um, <laughs> tried to stop them by teleporting Al away, but ended up like accidentally causing like a weird time warp thing because two different types of teleportation were being used on the same subjects at the same time. Oh. Um, so Deadpool and Al ended up getting teleported into the past to an old issue of Spider-Man. Okay. <laughs> uh, and so Deadpool number 11 is the story of how Deadpool and Al um secretly played out the plot of that issue of Spider-Man uh, without anybody noticing because Al looks like Aunt May and Deadpool his costume not only looks like Spider-Man's costume by quite a bit but also he has a hologram projector so he would disguise himself as Peter Parker to avoid suspicion from people who like uh, would have caught him in Peter Parker's house yeah yeah so like uh <laughs> 
so it's a, this whole thing where it's like it turns out way back in the past that whole issue of Spider-Man was secretly Deadpool yeah. and Blind Al the whole time. That's cool, and no one could tell the difference. Yeah, because Deadpool yeah. when he was fighting, because Craven was the villain for the issue, so uh, um, whenever whenever like he was fighting Craven, Deadpool would like use a ton of ropes and swing around and stuff. Um, and I don't think he was intentionally disguising himself as Spider-Man like that. Okay. So, like, his, he, he was intentionally disguising himself as Peter Parker at various points in the issue, but yeah. I'm pretty sure people mistaking him for Spider-Man was an accident. Oh, okay. So, uh, like, because <laughs> he doesn't know that Peter Parker and Spider-Man are the same person at that point. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's, it was just, it's a very funny issue. And the reason I brought all that up is because the Watcher appears at the beginning of the issue. And, like, he's on the moon, you know, in his secret base. And all of his, like, sensors and stuff are going off. And he's like, well, what's this? What's going on? Something's wrong. He's looking at his screens back to this old issue of Spider-Man watching Aunt May, like, walk home. And he's like, why, why are the sensors just showing me some old lady? Like, what's going on with her? And then oh, all yeah. of a sudden, Deadpool and Al, like, are dumped on top of her from their time portal. And he's like, of course, this must be it. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the Watcher and in, in the reading that I've done of the '90s stuff, the Watcher has appeared twice already. Once, once as a joke in that Deadpool issue, and then once as like a serious figure during the Onslaught saga. He was having a conversation with Apocalypse. Oh, okay, a really long conversation that lasted a couple of issues, but <laughs> but there was other stuff going on in those issues. Those okay. issues weren't just. The Watcher and Apocalypse having a leisurely chat. Yeah, I was gonna say as long as they cut to fighting or whatever's going on with with the other characters. Oh yeah, just, yeah. The, the onslaught song is exhausting. Yeah, like two issues of them talking. If that was all it was, that would be the most boring thing ever. Yeah, especially since I don't think those two issues were even in the same series. Oh, it was wow. two different titles that they appeared in to have that conversation with each other. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, but dude, the onslaught saga is exhausting because <laughs> like there was a really long build up, which I didn't mind the build up part of it. It's just uh, but at the same time though, like the really long build up was super stressful in general. Yeah, but that's because a lot of the prelude to onslaught um was kind of just sort of there to establish like all of the ridiculous BS that the X-Men like have had to put up with for so long. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And like just everything that's going on to make their situation super stressful and how that all bears down on Charles Xavier Um, and the stress of the situation on top of the fact that Xavier apparently had like fragments of Magneto's consciousness left in his mind from a, from a time when he like finally burrowed his way into Magneto's brain and like wiped his his entire personality out. Uh so like he's got <clears throat> he's got the angry parts of Magneto stuck in his brain. Plus he's getting frustrated himself. So eventually Xavier's like mounting frustrations um just combined with Magneto's more negative aspects to manifest as um a new entity made entirely of psychic energy known as Onslaught. Okay. 
and that's that's where the whole onslaught saga comes from. And like from the from the very moment onslaught first manifests itself through Xavier, it's like the rest of it is a really really long fight. Okay, through multiple titles because you've got. Because, like, not only does the fight take place across, like, all of the X titles that were running at the time, it also, like, manages to work its way into the Fantastic Four and the Avengers and the Incredible Hulk and more than one Spider-Man title. So, like, it was a big... It's one of the biggest crossovers, I think, that would have happened in the 90s without, like, a core miniseries to accompany it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and so it was just, it was crazy. But yeah, 90s X-Men comics had no chill, dude. <laughs> it was all stress and all drama all the time. Yeah. As it is, I just read um, issue 350 of Uncanny X-Men before we started recording today. And it's like, that's that's the issue where um, it's revealed uh, that Gambit played a role in the... Um, uh, mutant massacre that took place where uh, Mr. Sinister assembled the Morlock, not the Morlock, he assembled the Marauders to go and kill all the Morlocks. Um, oh, okay. and, it, and it turns out Gambit, like, is the one that Sinister hired to recruit all the, the Marauders, uh, Sabretooth included. And then when they went down into the tunnels to kill all the Morlocks, Gambit didn't know that's what they were going to do. So, yeah. like, as soon as the killing started, like he was immediately horrified and was doing what he could to try and save people, but the only person he could save was Marrow, who was a little girl at the time. Oh, uh, okay. But yeah, it was it was crazy. And so after learning the role that Gambit played and all that, um, the X Men just kind of left him where he was. Hmm. Rogue was really mad about it, obviously. Yeah, yeah. And Archangel was really mad about it, too, because the Mutant Massacre is the storyline where he lost his wings. Oh, okay. Which is what led to him accepting Apocalypse's offer to give him new wings, which made him the Horseman of Death and, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. So Gambit's got a lot to make up for, but I've read later X-Men comics, so I know they accept him back at some point. Yeah. Yeah, eventually I'll get the Marvel Unlimited out. I, I don't think I'll start with X-Men. X-Men, there's just a lot going on. I'll eventually get into X-Men. Um, it's just always been a lot for me, as well as just a ton of drama. Yeah, yeah. But the drama is what makes it so juicy and good. I'm already getting my, my feel and taste of that with Tokyo Ghoul. Ah, Tokyo I Ghoul, I have all of it. Like X-Men, there's a crap ton of characters. Uh-huh. Um, and there's there's good drama moments and stuff. Luckily, with Tokyo Ghoul, it knows when to, like, put in... Like, I'm, I'm not for fight stuff all the time. But it, it has the pacing right where it's like, we have our drama stuff, fight stuff. Have our drama yeah. stuff, fight stuff. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm three fourths of the way done. If you would say Tokyo Ghoul and Tokyo Ghoul Re are one whole, I'm three yeah. fourths of the way done. 
Yeah, which for me, if if a series has like a direct sequel series like that, I consider it one long thing. It is, yeah, yeah. You can't just, I mean, you can, but you shouldn't. You can't just read Tokyo Ghoul and then be like, well, all done. Just, I, I, I don't have to read anymore. It's like, no, 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 no. It, it leaves on some stuff at the end. Not cliff, well, kind of cliffhangerish type stuff where it's like, no, you got to continue with Re. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, a, it's like, a, well, any, any series, like if you just read the first one and then like, I, I feel like, okay, I feel like for any series, um, for the most part, you should be able to kind of read the first one and leave it at that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But at the same time, though, if it has a sequel, like this, you know, and the sequel expands on the material from the first one in meaningful ways. You sh- you should probably read the sequel too, but uh, yeah, it's like, I, I just uh, like it's like if you just read all of Fairy Tale and then didn't go read the One Hundred Years Quest afterward. Yeah, yeah, I I like with uh with Tokyo Ghoul in that sequel route how it's like Tokyo Ghoul re. At least the first 70 chapters are very different than Tokyo Ghoul. Mm. Like where our characters are, because it's like a two or three year time jump. Um, And like a lot of stuff happened that was directly affected by the end of Tokyo Ghoul. And it's like, whoa, like I did not see this character being here or that character being there. It's it's it's, like a a lot of that's one thing I will say a lot of manga and anime when they do time jumps a lot of them struggle to establish a meaningful difference in like oh, the yeah. time periods yeah so I'm glad to hear that Tokyo Ghoul after doing a big time jump manages to make that jump in time meaningful it does to almost to the point where at the beginning of Tokyo Ghoul Re, I was like how did all of this stuff happen in like two or three years but then like ultimately i kind of accept it where it's like yeah yeah i guess i could see all of this happening in two to three years yeah that's like uh fr- between naruto and naruto shippuden like i really like naruto uh, yeah. but one thing i will like criticize in terms of how some of the story and character work is handled mm-hmm. is that um between naruto and naruto shippuden there's a similar like three year time skip right um, yeah, and yeah. Other than the fact that all the main characters have grown into teenagers, and they're all quite a bit more powerful than they were when they were kids after the time skip, they're all functionally the same people in the same positions in life with the same goals. Yeah, yeah. At at the end of it all, and it's like it 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 almost feels like the only reason for the time skip was a to make the characters more powerful without having to deal with. Um, writing in power creep uh, and B so that uh, the creator could draw the characters as older because it was you know probably about time to make them older and you know he probably had ideas for new designs that he wanted to do I think that that A thing you mentioned like let's just up their power I think that was definitely the main thing probably because it's an easy way to like progress the narrative and like i said before also it's it's a good excuse to redesign your characters too oh yeah yeah because i will say something 
just like One Piece as well. One Piece had a two-year time skip in its storyline. And um, the most you get out of it is uh, the main characters are stronger. And uh, they all get, like, significantly re like overhauled designs. Yeah. Uh, with the exception of maybe Luffy, who's still largely, like, recognizable as the same character. I mean, they're all recognizable as the same characters. Yeah, yeah. But I'd say the one who changed the least in the redesigns was Luffy. Oh, okay. Because it's like, with Zoro, it's like, over the course of two years, um, he lost an eye. So he just keeps it closed, and he's got that, like, scar over it. And yeah. uh, he started wearing a lot more green. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Sanji and Usopp both grew beards. And Usopp got buff. Um, uh, Nami let her hair grow out and her boobs got bigger. <laughs> As... out, of, like, out of time jumps I've seen with stories... Character-wise, Tokyo Ghoul Re, I think, has like has definitely showed like the biggest changes with with characters. Like, like there's a lot of characters where they're just like not spoiling specific characters where they're on like the opposing side now. There's yeah, a lot of characters that like switched, as well as like powers or whatever that come about. Like, uh, this isn't a big spoiler. Not a, not a big spoiler at all. There's an investigator. Uh, like, one of the investigators that, that take out ghouls. And he's not even, like, a big investigator. He's kind of like a, uh, a subordinate. And... He's a widow investigator. <laughs> he gets his arm cut off at the end of Tokyo Ghoul. Well, why you go and do that? <laughs> you don't know if he's gonna die or not and then like uh you see him like chapter 10 or so of tokyo re uh, tokyo ghoul re and he's now like part ghoul and he's like crazy and insane oh, wow. and like he has white hair and he's just like eating civilians and and other ghouls and stuff he's like so different than what he was before but as it goes along it's like okay yeah it, it does make sense these past two or three years how he became this crazy insane ghoul yeah. that's like um one one anime i will say did manage to make his time skip meaningful was attack on titan mm. um uh, yeah with with I, you know how different everything is yeah I plan on once the final season is over, I will finally uh, get a Funimation account just for a brief period to watch all of season four as well as this final season, even though it's called it's part two, it keeps saying final season. Um, uh, It's basically a fifth season. Yeah. Yeah. It's basically a fifth season. Breaking bad did the same thing. Um, But yeah, I'm going to, just binge all of that and then watch Mob Psycho and then cancel the Funimation again. <laughs> yeah, I believe Funimation does one month free trials. Mm. Perfect. So if you if you think you can get that all done in a month, then go for it. Oh, yeah, for sure. At least at least the Attack on Titan thing. You see, for me, I watch enough anime and like both subbed and dubbed in general that I can justify to myself like a seven dollar a month charge. Yeah. But yeah. if like if you're like 
not super duper in anime if you've only got a couple that you like yeah i recommend like just kind of abusing the free trial for a month and then <laughs> moving yeah. on it's just those two that i really want to see and then like once i see them if there's something else where it's like oh i really got to see that then i'll like those are the main yeah. two i really want to see yeah for me i like trying to keep up season to season with certain shows so yeah yeah i mean as it is um sometime this year the devil is a part-timer is finally getting a second season. Mm. Um, plus uh, it's been confirmed that Kaguya-sama love is war is having its third season start in April. Nice. Yeah. So I'm super excited for that. Cause that show is awesome. Yeah. And it's, it's one of those rare instances of an anime series where like the dub and sub are almost two completely different shows, but they're both really good. Yeah, yeah. I, I prefer the dub for Kaguya-sama, honestly. Because, like, Dang, it's just, I, just I, I don't know. It's just the way its sense of humor works. I enjoy it. Yeah. There's, there's, there's so few anime where you can hear one of the main characters, like, joyfully, but also, like, in a monotone voice, say to themselves in their head, Yay, I did the thing! <laughs> I just realized I'll have to reinstate it once Chainsaw Man comes out. So. Oh, yeah, Chainsaw Man. Hey, everybody. It's been a little while since I've had to do this, but it's Tio with the soothing music in the background. Um, just letting you know that we were just doing like a half hour, like extra sort of thing where we just kind of talked for a while because uh, we were recording a different episode and we ended up talking for a bit before actually uh, doing the proper episode. So um, that's just what this was for this week. So uh, thank you very much for listening. Um, you know, this is just a little hobby podcast that me and Brandon do uh, every week. We try to do it every week, um, you know, depending on schedules. And it means a lot that, you know, anyone would listen to us for that long. So thank you very much. Um, and if you enjoyed it, uh, go ahead and hit whatever version of the subscribe or follow button the podcast app you're listening on has uh, to keep up with us when we upload new episodes. We don't really have like a set date that we, uh, like a set day of the week that we upload episodes on anymore. We try to focus it on the weekends, like between Friday and Monday. So uh, that's right now the best that we can guarantee. Um, so uh, thank you very much for listening. Um, also, if you are interested in Brandon's own uh, personal creative endeavors, you can check out Dismay Comics on Facebook and Instagram. That is D-I-S-M-A-Y Comics. He makes uh, independent comic books um, alongside, you know, his various creative teams. And uh, right now, I believe he's working on getting the Kickstarter for The Gallows Man number two going. Um I'm not currently aware as to like a specific date when that's going to like become active. Um, you know, he's going to keep me updated, you know, as it comes along so that we can keep you updated. Um, other than that, uh, I believe that is it for the week. So I have been Tio and he has been Brandon and now we are not, and we'll talk to you next week. <laughs>